from India's largest newsroom I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast It's famous for uh, being the winter abode of uh, Badrinath temple which is one of the four shrines in the Garhwal Himalayas and apart from that you know after the 1962 war joshimat has been the staging area you know for the forward post along the indo china border barahuti uh, is just 45 kilometers from joshimat and uh, it has the brigade headquarters of the indian army and significant presence of itbp also it's also known as the gateway to badrinath poli which is a famous uh, ski resort the valley of flowers uh, the himkund sahib you know which, uh, which is a revered sikh shrine and lots of trekking routes hence it has administrative spiritual and strategic significance that's gorav talwar from the times of india explaining the significance of joshimat he's been reporting almost daily from joshimat in uttarakhand for the times of india even if like me you haven't seen the town there's no way you don't know about the town anymore given it's been the biggest news story since the start of 2023 joshimat se jo tasveere aayi hain wo darane wali hai इस शहर के जमीन धंसने लगी है Joshi Mart saw a rapid sinking of 5.4 centimeters in just 12 days. This is what the Indian Space Research Organization report has highlighted. सबसे पहले फर्स्ट ऑफ ऑल इसे नेशनल डिजास्टर घोषित करना चाहिए और हमें रोज आप मत दीजिए कंपनसेशन हमें रोजगार दीजिए हम दोबारा सब कुछ खड़ा करने के लिए सक्षम है Gorav has been covering the crisis in Joshi Mart since it exploded around the end of 2022. In today's episode, we're speaking to Gaurav to understand the situation in the city. Then, we're speaking with an expert to understand why Joshimat won't be the last of the towns in the region that could face such issues. Gaurav Talwar explains how the crisis has been steadily building in the town of Joshimat and why locals are upset with the state's handling of the issue. He also talks about why there's anger over the rehabilitation and how this is expected to play out in the coming days. Could you explain how things developed in joshimat when did these cracks begin to appear in the roads and pillars of buildings and how many structures have been affected so far the problem in joshimat is very old you know uh, in fact in 1976 um, um, uttar pradesh government because then uh, obviously um, uttarakhand was part of uttar pradesh they had formed a mishra committee um which submitted its report on the subsidence problem and in fact pointed out that city is established on a moraine moraine um, um, ka matlab hua ki built on slopes you know that have loose material deposited deposited by old landslide what does subsidence exactly mean because everyone's using that term but what does it mean subsidence is basically vertical sinking in geological terms it's basically called uh, vertical sinking so it's basically when the building starts going downward vertically correct, rather correct. because okay. because the buildings are constructed on land and when the land is vertically sinking so obviously it uh, obviously you know um, the buildings will also uh, you know sink along with that gorav says that the cracks in structures had been visible for some time now however the problem became difficult to ignore sometime in 2021 this problem started in 2021 you know um especially after the rainy flash floods of uh, february 
but it aggravated following the torrential rainfall of October 2021 at that time when cracks were reported in houses in mainly two municipal wards of um, um, Joshiman. And by mid-2022, the cracks, you know, started appearing in Ravigra Municipal Ward as well and the other like Manohar Bagh. But as on date, 723 structures have reported cracks and um, over 120 houses in mainly four municipal wards have been declared unsafe or, or dangerous uh, for living and they have been evacuated. And the process is still on. It's a very small town spread in an area of 2.5 square kilometer. And um, there are almost 3,900 residential and 400 commercial structures in such a small city. Now you can imagine how dense the construction there is. And there, there is no authority to regulate construction there, you know, which, which has just added up to the problem, according to me. Like you mentioned, these cranks in buildings in Joshimath is not something new. Even if it appeared decades back and uh, we've known about this, why were they not a matter of concern earlier? Earlier, now it was not a pan-Joshimath town problem. Land subsidence was limited to selected pockets in the town. So, uh, you know, successive uh, governments kept on neglecting the issue until it you know, snowballed into a disaster of this magnitude. I was there for a good three days. I did not find a single house without some level of cracks or damage. You know, it can be minor to major or severe. Um, in fact, even government has accepted that nearly 40% of Joshimat is affected now. The magnitude of the problem has increased manifold. So this is why, you know, uh, earlier uh, government was not paying heed to the, you know, to what people were actually telling and saying. You said you've spent a lot of time in Joshimat now. You've been reporting from the worst affected sites over there. Could you explain what residents of those areas have been telling you about how this suddenly happened? Basically, you know, the uh, people over there are actually, you know, firstly, though they are unhappy over the, you know, late response by the government. I also believe that government reacted quite late. Uh, you know, in fact, the whole approach, I would say, has been very uh, reactive. People told me that they have been trying to apprise the, uh, apprise the government about this problem since last two de- decades. But nothing happened except just, you know, forming committees and sitting on the recommendation of those committees. In 2004, the Joshimat Bachao Sangar Samiti was formed, uh, which is currently spearheading the whole movement right now. You know? And uh, another thing I would like to tell you is that in 2022 August, um, after the, you know, people, people started agitating uh, and you know, they wanted government to hear about their problems, government had formed a multi-institutional committee, uh, which had experts from IIT Roorkee, uh, Wadia Institute, uh, that state disaster management authority and um, geological survey of india they had done a field survey in late august and they had submitted their report in uh, september 2022 and you wouldn't believe uh, the government actually didn't do anything they came up with very exhaustive recommendations and suggestions and observations about this problem and i think they, this was the first government report uh, which actually talked about sinking part, you know, that the city's subsiding, the city's sinking. And they also suggested that a proper drainage plan should be made. You have to channelize the surface runoff water, which is actually making this problem worse. Uh, but the first tender uh, for, uh, you know, making the drainage plan was floated in January this year, after the problem aggravated or worsened to this level. This tells you the, you know, whole approach. 
and people are particularly unhappy over this since the demolitions have been announced there have been protests in joshimad why is there so much anger over these demolitions they are basically angry over the late reaction and obviously you know arun you have to understand that you know um, they are being uprooted from their houses you know from their lives it's not easy to vacate your house and you know go somewhere and start your you know life once again so the anger is um, i would say is natural basically of the anger is of being uprooted from their lives that that that's the basic thing because ultimately you know government will give them compensation that we all know they will get the rehabilitation but sometimes um, um money is not everything and um, another thing that has also happened is the government stopped a whole number of development projects in the region why did that happen and what happens to those projects now construction activities under the you know ntpc's 520 megawatt tapovan vishnugarh project which is at the joshimat which has been under construction since 2004 Uh, has been stopped uh, work on the helang bypass which is being constructed under the chardham all weather road project has been stopped and all the type of construction activity within the municipal limits of joshimat has also been stopped uh, but i want to make it clear that all these projects have been temporarily stopped you know uh, there is no permanent ban on it uh, even the government order clearly uh, you know use the word till further orders so these projects have not been stopped permanently and they were actually stopped because people were so angry and they were protesting uh, because that was the initial days when this problem after 2nd january actually you know when that aquifer had busted in the jp colony so everybody in uh, joshimat was saying that this is because of the tunnel which is being constructed um, um, you know um, by the ntpc as part of the tapovan vishnugarh project so then government as a immediate measure to dis, you know to douse off that anger they took this decision but this it's a temporary uh, order you also reported that you know other parts of the state are also now seeing similar cracks in the road or cracks in houses and issues very similar to those faced by people in joshimat um what explains those incidents by returning back from joshimat i i actually visited kanpriyag also and in kanpriyag particularly i went to bahugna nagar um, which is a residential area just adjacent to the mandi newly constructed mandi building and i was shocked to see the uh, you know state of houses there concrete columns have bent their roofs are falling um, their walls have cracks and people over there told me that the problems aggravated after the road cutting work and the construction of mandi so road cutting work is being done under the all weather chardham project and the construction of mandi um, um, started back in 2011-12 people are also reporting cracks in their houses in chamba chamba is in tiri garhwal district of uttarakhand all these houses are also located in the vicinity of the tunnel which is being constructed by bro under the chardham all weather road project this is a 440 meter long tunnel which is being constructed there we had also reported few days back from landor in masuri that the cracks are happening over there also so garav once these unsafe buildings are demolished people are moved out what happens next in joshimat and these affected areas is there any sense of how this crisis will play out and how big it is even it's a developing situation in joshimat no one can say what will happen next in joshimat firstly 
and the crisis is very big uh, i feel you know more buildings will have to be dismantled uh, currently um, government don't want to say that because they know that you know it might trigger more anger among the people Uh, so they are just saying that we are just you know dismantling two hotels because that those two buildings are uh, you know uh, putting the other residential complexes in the vicinity at risk but i would like to tell you that uh, i saw at least two more hotels which have sunk by at least 6 inches the owner of the hotel was telling me you know and i saw the hotels are leaning also so uh, what you will do you can't keep that structure like that it might fall any day so you will have to dismantle it if not tackled efficiently and effectively na this current problem can you know uh, turn into a humanitarian crisis you know as almost 3000 families are affected according to the government itself it's not my own figure those numbers can be uh, between range between 9000 to 12000 people and now you are going to rehabilitate them so uh, as government officials are telling me that you know it's a three pronged strategy they are taking right now first their first priority is basically um the evacuation second to provide them temporary shelter and the last is the permanent rehabilitation i have no doubt in my mind that this is a man made crisis uh, see geology uh, and other issues apart that is something of a small fraction of thing joshimat is a town which has survived for thousands of years so you can imagine the development that has happened in last couple of decades is the one which is solely responsible uh, to what the situation in joshimat is in today since the crisis emerged in joshimat the state government has said that it was a result of natural causes but dr anjal prakash who you just heard says that's just not the case dr prakash is research director and adjunct professor at the bharti institute of public policy at the indian school of business as you can tell he is not in favor of the manner in which towns in india's hills are being developed speaking to my colleague bhavika jain from hyderabad anjal prakash says that while what's happening in joshimat is very sad it's perhaps a sign of things to come in other towns along the himalayas He explains how states have had a rather blinkered view of development and it may be time to rethink a lot of our plans for the region. He also explains why towns in states like Uttarakhand will only see growing populations in the coming years and why science needs to guide future development. Is there evidence enough to say that this crisis is man-made? Absolutely. I think one of the major issue that I see is the hydropower development. Um, I have been visiting and I have I have done field work in these areas, not only in the eastern Himalayan but also in the western Himalayan region. Both these uh, regions, I've seen that there is rampant hydropower projects has been planned, and what they do is that they actually um, you know disturb the local ecology. Here also in this case, uh, in point, the Vishnugur Tapuvan hydropower project has actually uh, uh, created havoc for the people, and Joshimat is. A, is a very good example of what we actually should not be doing uh, in Har Himalayas. What, in your uh, opinion, would be the right way of going about uh, things in such fragile areas, especially? See, I do not see this as a development versus environment debate. You have to take off the hydropower and the large-scale development project, infrastructure development project that this region is having, versus the basic uh, development that people would need in terms of the road, in terms of the access to health, education, infrastructure. That is something you have to delineate from the hydropower uh, development process in in the region. Um, why I say so? Because um, 
it is basically the hydropower projects has been sold to people in the name of development, which actually it is not. There are two myths I would like to break here. One is that the hydropower is a green energy. You have to create a storage system, a barrage in a very high seismic zone. Even if it is a small thing, uh, it impounds a huge amount of water. If small crack happens because of seismic activities, it may deluge the town or people downstream. That's number one. Second is that they make the hole between the um, you know, between the uh, mountains to create a tunnel, um, and that is where the major problem lies because tunnel development process and sometimes it is ten kilometers, twelve kilometers. 13 kilometers, depending on the size of the hydropower projects. Um, this tunneling process disturbs the local ecology to an extent that it is irreversible. We have done a study sometime back in the Eastern Himalayan region, we found that the because of uh, Tista hydroelectric power project, um, the locals complained that the um, the local uh, the dharas, which is the springs, uh, which is also lifeline for people when it comes to drinking water supply, uh, those uh, uh, springs have dried up to a great extent because uh, in the tunneling process they come across uh, groundwater regimes and then they break those. This is exactly what has happened also in Joshibat area, that they have punctured a huge water body and that water is started gushing out. And that also created a vacuum for the sound to sink. And that's exactly the problem is that we see that these, uh, this is, these are green technology, these are development projects, they are not, they're destructive projects. We have seen that there have been several reports uh, in the past which have flagged the rampant construction and unplanned urbanization in this area particularly. What is the common thread, sir, according to you, that runs through all these reports? The current situation, is it a fallout of the government's ignorance? No, it's not an ignorance, first of all. Let me take the last question first. Government, you know, um, the authorities, the, the people, um, uh, they are very well aware of what is happening in Joshimar. Joshimar's crack has not happened overnight. Uh, there has been uh, exam, you know, information given to the government. There's been three or four months before that the first crack appeared. So uh, this is very well known knowledge. There has been reports after reports uh, of the government, which uh, actually led to um, some of the you know issues being flagged in scientific community. You know, I represent the scientific community, the science part of it. We know very well for sure that these projects are unsustainable. These projects brings in uh, tragedy for the local population. Uh, we really have to then discuss what is the model of development. And this is not only Joshimat or not only Uttarakhand, this is all across Eastern and Western Himalayan region. You have to also understand this Himalayan region is uh, one of the youngest mountains of the world. They're a very fragile ecosystem. Uh, the, the, the deforestation in the mountainous region have also caused a lot of destructions. And these deforestation doesn't happen without the local authorities, the forest department, other people, you know, the nexus uh, that works at bay. And similarly, there's a nexus for hydropower project also in the favor of hydropower project. And that's the whole problem is that local authorities, local uh, people, their views and their um, you know their assessments are undermined. A scientific community's assessments are undermined, and these projects do come up.
When you have a whole process of environmental clearances, we know how these clearances have been granted. And this is also across the party line. We don't see much differences between the ideological um, streams that the party comes from. Uh, so today is one government, tomorrow is a second government. Both of them ideologically may be very different. But on hydropower project, they all become one. And that's the whole problem is that there is a huge rent seeking, uh, which is associated with hydropower project. That's the whole issue. And so, so we have to catch the bull by the horn. We don't want to mince word here that these projects are destructive projects for Himalayas. They must be reviewed. They must be um, you know, um, uh, taken back first and then you re-evaluate uh, these projects. How much is it bringing uh, benefit to the people? I would also go and forward and say that when the project is coming in an area, um, let the panchayat sign and give you that these projects are beneficial to, for them. If that process gets um, uh, done, uh, you will see how many of these projects will come. I know that none of the panchayats will agree to sign and give them a letter that these projects are beneficial for them. Another side of the issue that, you know, we don't uh, quite talk often is the unregulated tourism sector. Like in 2022 itself, you know, we have numbers from the government that there were five pro tourists for 45 lakh chardham uh, yatris had visited the state of Uttarakhand. Has the tourism boom really been counterproductive for such an ecological fragile region? There are two aspects of tourism. One is that these people who are inhibiting this area, uh, for them, tourist season is the only season when they make, um, you know, uh, the entire year's um, uh, income is made from two or three or four months that they have at pay, uh, most of the time. I am not in the favor because it is also uh, injustice to the people who are staying in those locations because that's the main source of income and main livelihood for them. But at the same time, regulated uh, tourism and also safe tourism for people, right? Uh, we have seen some images of Badrinath Kedanath, how people are flocking. And not the authorities do not know these things, but it's just a lack of management. I think some portion of this uh, thing should be actually privatized. Not everything should be in the hands of the government. Government should take decisions based on the information that you have. But like you have seen what Tirupati has done, they have streamlined the, their, their, uh, their process in which people visit them very beautifully. It's very efficient system. Like that, something like uh, something of these could also uh, be developed um, uh, in, in the, uh, especially in Uttarakhand because it's called Devbhumi. It has so many uh, sacred uh, spaces that Hindus, uh, Sikh, um, Buddhists would like to visit. And that means that we need to really, really regulate some of these things. Um, and regulation here, I'm not saying the the going back to the uh, Baburaj, right? Regulations mean it has to be efficient for people to go, also making it safe for them to be there. Now that these projects have been stayed, um, do you think that the damage uh, can be undone or is it too late, uh, you know, for the ecology of the area to really survive? Some portion of it is irreversible. Um, uh, I see that the uh, you know, drying up of uh, uh, of uh, streams and dharas uh, in these areas uh, is sometimes very difficult to come back to. But uh, nature also has its own course uh, in which it rejuvenates themselves. But um, that is that when you allow them to rejuvenate. And these are areas which is supposed to be sacred. And that means when you when something is sacred, you don't do rampant destructions in those areas. And that's exactly the whole issue is that our forefathers, foremothers, um, our gurus, our, you know, our scriptures have actually 
told us that these areas are sacred and that is because they have understanding which was very very sharp at that point probably um, much better than what we have understanding today and that's why we need to also rethink about our coastal development that we are doing it and um, and the way we are developing these things there i think that there's a huge development process which is undermining and sometimes it is irreversible but if we leave that now and then we rethink about the strategies, not only in Uttarakhand, but all across Himalayan states of India, um, how do we make uh, the development process environmentally benign? Uh, same time, we also bring in very basic uh, um, uh, infrastructure, which is immediate for people to survive because these are very densely populated mountain areas. Areas, If you compare with other parts of the world, Himalayan mountain areas are actually very densely populated. And that means that we also need water, they also need education, they also need health they also need employment opportunities but there's also a very pristine environment but if we take a part or uh, you know uh, take a course of say ecotourism we develop those areas as, uh, and keep the pristine environment intact it will also benefit both environmentally as well as socially and economically so uh, Uttarakhand has uh, faced several natural calamities in the past. Why is that uh, there has been no lessons uh, learned even after such devastating incidences? And the question that is related to this is that whether there's a larger environmental concern um, that is playing out for the state. So this question of why um, there has not been lesson learned, I think that is something that you're asking the wrong person. This should be asked to the chief minister and the administrators um, who are running the state. Um, we as a scientific community has been telling this uh, reports after report. That shows that uh, there is a lack of uh, respect for the science, one, uh, because it doesn't in, uh, doesn't give them any, any leverage in terms of understanding what are the learning and the lesson that we have. Second is also about undermining uh, some of the reports and then going ahead with the with the uh, with the ideology of having instituting large scale project uh, which may also is associated with the rent seeking process. So um, it is not that people are not known about these things. People uh, power authorities um, are already very well aware of these things, but they undermine it in the interest of the larger um, you know payback that it has it gets from the process. Each of these projects are 3,000 to 4,000 crores of rupees, right? If 10% of that also uh, seeps out, you can imagine how, um, you know, who all uh, will get benefited by whole things. I don't have to tell you, I and I don't want to mince word also about it because this is common knowledge. I have been also thinking the same question of why these projects keep getting, um, you know, uh, um, instituted even after so much of uh, um, uh, of protests from people, so much of uh, information that you get around. And I don't have an answer unless otherwise um, uh, the answer that we know already that there's a huge rent seeking which uh, which uh, gets associated with these projects. What is the alternative for development in, in the Himalayan states? That also knowledge is there. Um, but that doesn't uh, get into the policy cycle because it's not easy money. It is a decentralized development. It is something which is involving local panchayat. Um, it may also involve, uh, you know, fix the environment. All these are uh, will not make money for, for the people who are seeking uh, rent from this whole process. And that's where the problem lies. We've spoken about how science really, you know, gives you these red flags You, uh, in terms of the dangers. Do we have enough uh, tools to help the government uh, of these regions to preempt future uh, events like these? There are many scientific institutions sitting within the government. Um, uh, you know, the... 
there are many many uh, institutions and they are pretty capable of uh, of predicting um, of downscaling the data for you deciphering the data but the question is um, do you really need them uh, from the political party's perspective uh, if you really decided for a project because it gives you a, a portion of uh, uh, money back to your political system you would not listen to anybody else so there is dishonesty here by the political people uh, or the people who are holding high offices nobody is uh, is uh, interested in in safe and secure uh, development uh, process in, in himalayas that's the whole problem is and that's why um, we are at this juncture that we're talking joshimat i think it's a particular point in history that that um, gives you uh, ammunition to think about what should be the uh, course of action not only for uttarakhand but all across the eastern and western himalayan region the way we are the pathways of development that we have is self destructive if you really want a, a, a serene environment a safer environment uh, and uh, 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 you know environment which uh, which is uh, fighting against climate change you must rethink and you know re um, uh, rewire yourself uh, to uh, to see what are the development process that we are taking you've mentioned uh, earlier on in the interview that the sinking of joshimat is a classic case of what happens to if you uh, ignore ecology for short term gains uh, what should other towns uh, like masuri nainital manali keep in mind to avoid such a tragedy upon itself i have been part of a study uh, when i was working with ec mode earlier we have done a study across four countries in the himalayan region starting from pakistan um, uh, you know india um, then ba- bangladesh also and nepal four countries where we have covered and we and we looked at uh, the uh, the, uh, the the town and then what is going to be the uh, problems of town one of the major problem that these towns are going to be having more and more population in years to come at this moment about 3 to 4% of the himalayas are only urbanized in but these towns are going to be huge only because the um, rural distress that we have in you know because of climate change the agriculture and the uh, orchards and other things that we have we also found that uh, these systems are actually it is quite a stress so people are actually flocking uh, to the urban centers centers only in the search of new jobs or or uh, at least daily wage laborers so th- so this town also are going through tremendous pressure they also do not have access much to sanitation and water facilities now this harga jal program has come there trying very hard to reach out some of these areas but because of the terrain also it's very difficult to source water bring it to supply of water to the individual household these are challenges that people the government is also facing one of the major issues issues also in joshimat is about the sanitation and the sewer connection that they don't have so i my suggestion actually is that one is that you have to look at the environment system across the himalayas in a coherent and coordinated manner everything is connected uh, in the himalayan systems right so water is connected to the forest forest is connected to the roads everything in that sense is there so you have to look at it very holistically then plan uh, town by town region by region and that means you have to understand the local environment the waters uh, the forest the other natural resources that you have take that into account and see what is the best that we can offer which is environmentally benign for the people towns will be definitely uh, more inhabited in future that means we have to be ready for more and more people coming and staying there that means we need to also have better planning process 
If you ask Joshimat, where is the master plan of Joshimat? I'm sure you will um, not find one. Uh, or uh, there may be something which has been undermined totally. Uh, and that's where the whole problem lies. All across the Hindu-Bishimana region, we found that towns are actually at a much higher risk because of the lack of planning that we have. Today's episode was produced by Jairaj Singh, Sunai Marathe and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY+, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at typodcast at timesinternet.in.